0: Welcome to Pretend to Imagine, a weekly podcast with Tyler and Greg. Today's topics include time and travel, various milks, types of intelligence, fantasy role-playing tropes, revolting biotechnology, and are AIs really that bad? They are. (laughs) We know that, but we're going to at least discuss it. So, um, you know, again, both science fiction fans. Of course. And yet, I've always had a kind of hard spot in my heart time travel yeah it's it's kind of a a cop-out you know how many series of tv shows that you've enjoyed and you've followed have you seen gone down the toilet when they bring in time travel it's
1: a it's a shortcut it's it's a when you run
0: out of ideas, or you've written yourself into a corner, yeah. yeah. Uh, for instance, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean or anything or critical, but I mean, I will well, mention I, I, some. Oh, alienating our listeners is one of our, uh, our favorite things to do. So dang look, right, yeah. So, um, I mean, the last season of Battlestar Galactica, Battlestar, the last season of Battlestar Galactica. Look, I'm going to ask you to never bring up Batman and Star what Galactica was happening in podcast. that. It was it was a, a kind of time travel, or perhaps I shouldn't say specific time travel, but it was more on one of these like circular time universe things with fate and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you probably never watched um, Being Human, another really enjoyable show, which utterly pooped the bed by the end by introducing that's right, time travel. So how about Heroes? Remember Heroes? Yeah, time travel. Okay. So, so let's
1: so, ask. Let me ask you this: Name a series. Where they introduced time travel and it was appropriate and, and well, and well the, done. I-
0: the issue is that it works if the actual show's about time travel.
1: Agreed. Oh, so so, so, I, so
0: it's when a, ser- a series or a TV show is not actually about it and then they start bringing it in because I mean, like you said, they just don't know what to do with the writing at that point. They're like, well, you know, it allows retcons, it allows you know, this, that, or the other thing, and uh, it, it but but a show that's really actually about it, like um. Quantum Leap, uh, or uh, what was it? Uh, Voyagers, I think it was, by back in the eighties, yeah, yeah. um, you know, uh, Doctor Who, Doctor whatever, Who, you know. Yeah, so, so there are plenty of places where time travel is worthwhile. But I've often um, had trouble. Did you watch Fringe? Not much. So, uh, yeah, I think Fringe uses—I don't think it's I thought time Fringe, travel. I thought Fringe I, was I, more parallel universe. No, that's stuff, what it so is. Thing. It's a parallel and, universe. And it's interesting you say parallel universe because that fixes time travel. If it, all that stuff about paradox and causality and all those kinds of things, the, when you basically say, look, you're just shunting sideways into a parallel universe, you can mess up that universe as much as you want. When you come back home, it's the same as it always was, you know. Uh, that, that sort of fixes it. But um, I've always had this problem with fate, you know, the idea of fate— and and the whole concept of what's the point of someone giving you your future if everything's fated anyway? It's irrelevant. Right? It just it, it doesn't mean anything. In fact, I had this joke in, in college of Fate Man. You know, he he goes to this unerring uh, gypsy fortune teller, and she says, after a long and healthy life, you will die peacefully in bed. And he goes. That's it, superhero time, and he like it's, jumps out of it, an airplane, and a flight of sparrows grabs his body and takes him down to the ground, and like you know he you know someone shoots him and they 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 miss wildly. You know, he's indestructible; he can't yeah. be destroyed. You know because the bed the will get you exactly. So it was interesting. I was uh, thinking about it the other day. Um, one of the best um, explanations I've ever had about fate uh, and its interaction with free will was actually the Mothman prophecies which is a fascinating uh, movie, kind of a sort of a horror movie, more of a sort of cerebral kind of science fictiony movie. Um, But the idea was that uh, to an entity that has a different sense of time, a different way of being able to look at time, um, events that we consider in the future are actually its past. And when the events unfold, it looks as though it's faded. But actually, the problem is, is it's already happened. You just didn't see it properly. And so the way I finally conceptualize it, I'm sure you've been on the highway and uh, you're driving along and you're going one way and then you see the traffic on the left and it's going in the opposite direction. Well, essentially, you are traveling from their future into their past and they're doing the opposite. And so you're, you're driving along and you realize that there is a horrendous 15 mile traffic jam and then you get past the traffic jam and you see those people on the left, you go, oh, they have no idea what they're in for. And yet I know, you know. Yeah. And so the medium, the, the fortune teller is the one that sees that car and picks up the cell phone and says, there's a horrible traffic jam coming and there's nothing you can do about it. You know. And then I had a further thought. I said, what if you said there's a horrible traffic jam? Get off at this exit. And that represents the moments that you can change your fate.
1: Right, right, right. They're
0: not willy nilly. There's only certain points you can actually go in and change your fate, and that's what, so. That's my sort of the way I kind of look at uh, you know time and paradox and stuff. Does this you know? trouble you?
1: Keep you up at night? Or it does. Yeah, I think is... about this
0: incessantly. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, but no, I, I think it's a, it's a shame how that uh, that does come up in in uh, the media. It's just this awful. It, it, well, see, you
1: you mentioned something that the shows that are about time travel are fine, and the shows that introduce time travel
0: are. Less successful. Less
1: successful. And I have the same problem when I'm watching TV shows and they introduce the supernatural. Yeah. So uh, I'll use Vikings as an example. Uh, I watched Vikings and all of a sudden, uh, and there was no magic, no nothing. It's Vikings and it's the the, the, English. Well, they had had the
0: creepy dude with the weird lips in the hut who who was always right.
1: Right. But no, he's not necessarily always right, right. Right. Then all of a sudden in, I don't know, season two or three, they introduced the gods yeah, and I'm like, that's not the world you've set me up for. Well, I you always know?
0: thought it was almost like a semi—not a documentary, but like a historical Correct. thing. Correct, was, you don't you know. introduce
1: gods when you're doing something yeah. that's a, so like historically accurate. You know, yeah. you introduce—you know—the the, the the characters can worship the gods, the characters can believe that they're being influenced by the gods. The but you don't want to have... They can have a, hallucinations or dreams about the gods. But you don't but want you to be can't overt. can't physically introduce yeah. a god into the scenario. And that bothers me. Um, but, so.
0: um, yeah, no, uh, I think that... Um, I think that uh, uh, one of the best... Uh, you, you know, again, uh, you probably saw the movie Arrival. Did you see Arrival? No, I have not okay. seen the Arrival. I'm yeah. bad, arrival bad, and, so Arrival now. gets into some of the, these issues, and again, it's um, uh, part of what Arrival was about was a way of seeing time differently than we Westerners do. Um, Westerners see time like I was describing to you just before, like being on a road mm-hmm. or traveling down a, a, a um, like a river, uh, and it only goes one way. And uh, it's, you know, you can see a little bit ahead of yourself, but not that far. And you can sort of see behind yourself, uh, but you can't really turn uh, or change where you're going. Um, American Indians have a different conceptualization. They're more like a canoe in the center of a lake, and they can go to any part of the shore they want, which is a different time to them. Um, That was the time uh, in Slaughterhouse-Five, where the main character, after he died, he could go to different parts of his life as he saw fit. Um, so it was that kind of a thing. But um, I, you know, I'm very, uh, I guess I'm very Western. I'm very rooted in, you know, time is a, a sequential thing. Uh, events occur due to causes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, I think the people who said it best was the Ghostbusters cartoon show. <laughs> where we <laughs> they, get all they, our Where wisdom. I get all my wisdom. And they said this, time is important because without time, everything would happen at once. I was... Uh, Harkening back to my to my uh, college days, and uh, we had the local greasy spoon. That uh, it was great. You would uh, you'd eat greasy food and be entertained by grease fires at the grill. There'd be these <laughs> these flaming eruptions of, of flame, you know, coming up, and and you would look at the uh, the graffiti on the greasy tables. It was amazing. But when I went there, I remember one day I went up and. Uh, I looked up uh, at the selections and uh, I looked at the lady and I said I'd like a milk please she goes well what kind uh, presumably meaning strawberry or chocolate or coffee and I went oh no cows is fine <laughs> cows is cows is all right uh, you know there's there's various milks in nature you know do you remember do you remember that scene in dune where they go you must take very good care of this little cat and um, milk it every day yeah. You know, I believe cat milk, I think it tastes like earwax. No, what do you, What do you see these are, things? Listen, have you ever taken your finger, got, no. got a big chunk of earwax, oh. and gone up to your cat? The cat gets this weird look in its face. Its eyes like bug out and they slightly cross and then, you know, they just, they, they can't help it. So I think that's what cat milk must taste like. It's earwax. You're a know. strange, strange man. You, you know, have you known this pigeon milk? Of course. I, I, I don't know, is there pigeon milk? Yeah, there's pigeon milk. Wait a minute. Yeah, the pigeons have a little pit underneath their 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 pectoral muscle, and it secretes a a milk like, not really milk, but a milk like substance, kind of kind of full of fat and 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 grease and stuff. And uh, for the, what purpose? The baby pigeons drink it. Look it up. They, they, yeah, they. It's pigeon milk, and I mean, this could be a thing, right? I mean, we could like get a pigeon farm. No, you're
1: on your own. And on this get one.
0: pigeon milk and sell it to people. Say it does something, like it lowers cholesterol, or, or it makes you makes you virile, or whatever. You know, it's like I mean, pigeon milk. Come on, you nope. could put coffee, coffee. pigeon No, milk. it's going to be on my list of things Those that things I don't you eat. never never want to. eat. Yeah. Are you ready now? Do you drink milk yourself? Uh, not a lot of milk. I'm going to decrease your interest in drinking milk right uh. now. The milk glands—I'm fragile—are a modified sweat gland. Oh, Why do you so tell me these? So basically, milk is a form of sweat that's been, you know, augmented with all kinds of, you know, nice lactate. I, do, I la- want you to know, that. As, a, and,
1: as a doctor, and, you have a responsibility to 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 you. You to have gross information. gross out as many you have people information as much. That the rest of us don't have secret knowledge. And with great with great knowledge comes great
0: responsibility, and you're you're you're. Did you know that you know that uh, my uh, my brother uh, had a very good friend who uh, he had uh, his wife had just had a baby and they were she was pumping she was doing milky pumping because they do that uh, to have the milk ready at home sure. or whatever. So one day he wandered downstairs with his coffee in his hand. Oh. And he opened the door <laughs> in the refrigerator. And he said, "Damn, we're out of milk. We're out of cream." And he sees this bottle and he's like, "Yeah, what the hell?" You he takes it. Oh, he knew what it was. Oh, he knew what it was. He put it. He put it in his coffee drink drank it, he. Like, Mm, sweet and he walked away (laughs) oh no no, i mean no. why is that wrong i mean it's perfectly wholesome right we all drank it right i mean most people did i mean you know the the formula babies don't drink it as an adult for one but but i mean it's it's gonna be good for you it's full of uh it's full of vitamin vitamins and it's full of uh, iga you know that has
1: nothing to do with whether or not insects are full of all kinds of wonderful things and and it's kind of a of a not a taboo, but a a, a we generally we know. generally avoid them. We yeah. avoid them. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's got more than four legs. That's right but off so. my list. But and yes. it has an exoskeleton.
0: Yes. And so, yeah, that's that's all. wrong. But it was this this whole this whole idea of you know you don't want it to come from a human. But anyway, various milks. You know, it's uh, struck me the futility of the IQ test. Okay, because the IQ test tests one kind of intelligence. I mean, it does. It's. Well, a, it's I don't know a, if
1: it's a widely regarded like. It is what we've got, but I don't think people are all that enamored
0: I, with the I, IQ I, test. Exactly, and I think unfortunately, to do a true IQ test, a test that would really fully examine intelligence it would have to check so many different axes the test would be unbelievably complicated it would take you yeah. days to do
1: well it would be wouldn't it take into consideration cultural yep it would have to you know, absolutely re, regional would, cultural
0: yep, age would, and all these different would factors have to do all of where you are times. in
1: your life and your maturity level I and think, all kinds I think, of things
0: I think the closest thing we have to that might be the neuropsych testing that like the sort of high level neuropsychiatrists do you I have know. no idea what you're talking about well it's a, it's a they do these incredibly complicated inventories and all this kind of stuff but but I just think it's it's interesting because you know with you and I um, you know it's it's very it's very clear that That we're genius we are geniuses in in some in Everquest I'm a genius you should see my int score it's amazing (laughs) but anyway um, so you're you can draw things um, so easily and so well I mean I you know I I'm sure you're one of those people that can like you know take a picture and then rotate it in his head in multiple different positions and 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 things which I can yeah actually at a previous
1: job that they they You know, I could do... 3D kind of like think of, yeah, think I, of things I just, just in yeah. three
0: dimensions more I, easily than the other that, people that was, and I wound up doing a, a certain type of work because of that that was one of the RISD entrance exam things they show you a picture of a chair and they say rotate this 90 degrees and turn it upside down and draw it yeah you know uh, so I'm no good at that I have terrible spatial skills uh, I you know I have I have a vague ability to draw mm-hmm. but it's very cartoonish and I can't really get you know it's, it's mm-hmm. like sometimes I can draw something you know and you're, uh, you have well. an odd
1: fragrance about you as well I don't know and mention that it's one of yes I do, do,
0: no I, yes, to, I, do. Yeah. I do it kind of, it's, it smells a little bit like buttered popcorn, <laughs> but but there's a there's a kind of a cinnamon so smell to this <laughs> overall greasy this, smell. It's a sort of greasy, yeah, it's, you know. The heavy the, greasy the, oh the, the popcorn you get at movie theaters that has been on the ground for a while. Anyway, so but but uh, you know but that's you know again, I I'm I'm envious of that. Um, the most intelligent man I've ever met in my entire life was a gentleman at Brown University who had thick birth control glasses. A perfectly round head, no chin. Okay. Didn't uh, we
1: talk about him the other I, day?
0: I not not on the podcast, but uh, but but he had this deep Southern drawl like this. He oh, was from yeah. Gladstone, Alabama, and he he had and this guy could do anything. He could draw. He could write. But he look like? A he turtle. could. He he did. There was one day he was. <laughs> He was he was doing an equation for his quantum chemistry class. This is this guy he deals with quantum mechanics. Okay, so he has taken a blackboard and completely covered it with formula. You know, like you see in the movies. Oh, you know, okay. yeah. So he actually did this. Okay, and, and and he used up every letter for variables. There were no more variables. So a through Z, he had used all of the variables. So at the end, he has no more variables. So he draws a little picture of a pig, and so the German professor comes and goes. Was ist das? what is the shrine why is there a shrine here and he goes well Professor Lib I ran out of letters so I made pig <laughs> Meanwhile this is like you know describing some kind of like electron spin you know it's like some bizarre you know quantum concept you know but the problem is is and it's it's funny you can be very very intelligent
1: and have a southern accent and have a southern accent but <laughs> but, but but more to the point
0: more to the point if you're not verbal. You might not seem that intelligent, and it's it's the verbal intelligence that make people think you're smart because you communicate well, it's eloquently your, yes, and it's sharply communication and clearly. Skills, yeah, and and you can have someone who's unbelievably brilliant, but they can barely put two sentences together, and it's it's unfair because you know, say say I'm I'm quite verbal, you know, but I'm I'm not nearly as bright as many people think. I am.
1: well, I think particularly, particularly
0: my patience. The intelligence is a very small kind of
1: walled off. Uh, uh, you know, thing to, to to consider. I think that your communication skills and your social skills is part of that, and it creates a broader picture. Because, uh, you know, if you are super intelligent, but you're not able to make that intelligence useful by being able to ha- to you know teach other people or give that information to other people, or, or right, you know, exactly, so it is, a, it, is a yeah, it is it's the doorway. Yeah, it is. It's the
0: doorway to allowing yeah. intelligence to shine forth. So, um. I start all our new topics with So Um. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah, of course. That's so the, Um. That's the So Um podcast. Yeah, I I, I can actually recognize the waveform now. When <laughs> when I'm editing the podcast, I see, oh, there's So Um. I can... But... Uh, so Um. So Um. Tropes. Fantasy role-playing tropes. You were telling me the other day that um, you were talking to... I don't know if you read it or you heard it. Uh, they were saying when you play a fantasy role-playing game, you know... <laughs> There's a lot of people want to get clever. They want to get, you know, like, so we, we, for instance, we have oh. a we have someone in our in our group who's playing a female dwarven monk. Now, when you think of dwarves, you know, as a rule, you don't think of monks. I mean, she's shaven, she's got no beard, no hair, no, you know nothing, and she's a monk. And I'm just like, I'm like, okay, I mean, that's fair. You know, you want to do something different. I I really don't have a problem with that. And yet, to me, it's a tropey experience. It's just you just you know you've we've all seen the movies and read the books and, yeah. and all this so, kind of stuff uh, and it's just my my
1: opinion of this has changed but just to be clear we're talking about fantasy role playing games yes. pen, pen and paper tabletop Dungeons dices. and Dragons we have you dices. know it, it, we have we have dices lots of dice yes. uh you know with a, a game master and players uh, and there was a time when i was very against anybody who wanted to do s- s- super bizarre characters Yes. I'm like, look, this is a, a a world that's based on Tolkien or yes. these medieval, you know, let's play elves and dwarves and humans and gnomes and we'll play these conventional, I mean, it's funny because we're, you know, you're playing the game to be... Away from reality, and, then <laughs> and there I am but, but saying, can we, please, can we please there's stay limits. within the box, right? Yes, so no, but I mean, everyone it's an agreement that everyone is going to be playing in the same sort of themed world, right? Yes, but then everybody wants to play tabaxis or or kenkus or these creatures. I don't know what they are, they want to come in and they kenders, want to be them. I'm a
0: kender, I steal because they uh, have
1: to, not, not, not a kender, kenders different. Kenders like a have like a Ken- kenku is a, a raven. Character it has oh a, the raven the hood and it only speaks in in cliches phrases that it's yes. heard from other people that's and, irritating I don't know how the hell you're gonna role play that right yeah so with, um, with great you know, annoyance or or I want to min max my character and I want to do this one thing super super well and and we I'll, I'll, I'll get rid of my charisma we, i'll get rid of this we all know that. how that worked and, out yeah and last ex, time. and expect no consequences right and uh, you know I'm just like c- come on we're here to tell a story we're not here to but. Uh, no, I have a friend at work and him and I have had some discussions. He does these really clever characters. He always comes up with yeah. these very clever characters. And I've kind of changed... I can't say I would do... A, a campaign that went on for years and years and years. Like, I've run campaigns that have yeah. gone four years and
0: whatever. Uh, or that but, you know, or that campaign that, you know, it took us a year to get to level four. Well,
1: the, but the, there was reasons for that. <laughs> there was reasons for that. We were, you know, playing a couple hours a night. That, yeah. Know. So, but the, the, you got to know what it's like to be level one.
0: <sighs> but it sucks being level one. No, you got to feel the level one. No,
1: you, you can't. <laughs> I, the, the idea of being a, a level for one session is so foreign to me I don't even know anyway so I was talking to my friend at work and he does these really clever clever characters and uh so I'm more open to that I can't say I would do it an open-ended like forever and ever and ever but if it was a campaign that lasted a year and you wanted to be some kind of bizarre character that would be fine one of my other friends he he was a barbarian yeah but uh he uh wasn't he was actually an, an actor who uh was immersing himself uh Uh, we like the guy in Tropic Thunder he was exactly and I brought that he's the guy in Tropic Thunder what do you call that when an actor does that he's a a um, method actor, method actor. Yes. He's a method actor. Yeah. So he's an actor who's method acting and and immersing himself in the role of a of a barbarian. Right. Presumably he didn't tell the rest of the guys, which is in a
0: sense what you're doing while you're role playing. Yeah. I mean that's, a, but I, you know I'm in a group when and you know that was one of the characters in the group. And then uh, there's a there's a, a gnome with mouths in his hands, which is creepy. And then there's another gnome who's a narcoleptic seer who walks one foot above the ground. And and then there's an Indiana Jones you know alchemist. So this is the group. And then. There's my character. Six foot eight, ripped, red hair, barbarian from the northern steppes. Trope in McTropington. He's the trope that walked like a man. Yeah. And you know what? Freaking love it. Yeah, I'm a fan of trope, like... Let me tell you, when you, you play a
1: role-playing game, when you're running a role-playing game, the plots in a role-playing game wouldn't pass the sniff test for a Scooby, no. Scooby-Doo script. No, they you absolutely know? not. And they're really... It's these... just. Super obvious tropes, and I, I think it's, I think it's fine. You want to be weird? I don't know. And I, I
0: now no, I, I want to be be clear to my role playing group. I love my role playing group. I love the characters. It's great. Yeah, and, you that's know, not okay.
1: what he says when the microphones. Are yeah, no no no, no, no,
0: no, But they're one. I mean, they're wonderful. I'm having a lot of tremendous tremendous fun actually because it's the first the first fantasy role playing game I've played in, in years, and I have a, a really great time with it. And I, and I I do love the other characters. But from my own standpoint, um, I just like that kind of you know what it is? it's comfort food. It is. Oh, the, yeah, the tropes yeah. are comfort food. I mean, they definitely are. And I think also a lot of the people I'm playing with have played so many role-playing games that tropes are boring. You know, they're just completely dull, and they want to do something kind of kind of off the wall and kind of uh, more interesting, which I, I totally get. Uh, but for me, uh, you know, I like the old uh, the old meat and potatoes. That's what I like, the meat, yeah. the meat yep, and yep, potatoes. That's why you're doing the, the, it. No, the, I, I would... The enchiladas and the chicken parmesan, is in your case. <laughs> the enchiladas, <laughs> you could have if, if, if narrowed it down. Narrow it down to those two foods, you know, but, uh, yeah, uh, I, I like
1: playing uh, uh, one-offs are great. Your one-offs, you do Cthulhu oh, one-offs, yeah. Yeah. For, you know, for Call of Cthulhu. Also they're, called Cthulhu. Also called Don't Get Attached Don't Theater. Get, yeah, well, that's that, but you play the game so differently when yes. you show up in the evening to your house, you get handed a character, you familiarize yourself with it, and you know by the end of the night you'll never see that character again. That character may die, the character may survive, but... The story will be over. You'll never yep. see it again. So you have yep. you have no reason to level it up. You have no reason yep. to yep. Yep. to. It's get just it's just gold. RP. Or, it's just role playing. It's there for the story, yeah. and that
0: is brilliant. That's yeah. my that's. We had, we had a good time with that. I think that whole thing that we did, we, we played that, what, maybe every two, three months or so? About every three yeah. months, I think we did one. Yeah, and people are still and, willing to do it another it, It's Yeah, I'll do another one. It's just, but it, it lasted, what, two years, I think we, we did yeah. it for? And so, so it's, also, there's not a lot of preparation. You can kind of all just pick a random night, yeah. play it. You know, I think we did Sundays usually. But anyway, getting so back to anybody it. Anybody
1: who plays role-playing games, I strongly suggest... Uh, experimenting with one-off, one-off games. It, yeah. The dynamic of the playing completely changes when you're doing a one-off versus you're yeah. doing like the same characters for a year or a few years of of, of you know real-time
0: playing. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the other the other issue with one-offs is uh, for me as a game master. Yeah, that's right. I'm a game master. I'm Ugh. the master. Uh, but uh, no, as a game master, uh, what I found when I tried to run long term campaigns, I would get this horrible sort of fatigue that would sit in by about episode like four or five. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. I've, I'm boxed in. I have to do that. You know, it just it, it, doing one offs is so just like liberating. It's like, yeah, we're going to do this this night. And, you know, two months later, I do another. And, you know, I don't have that feeling of having to uh, you know produce every single week, you know, because one thing I hate doing is producing something creative. Every single week. Oh, <laughs> hey, it, oh it wait. Is, it is <laughs> stressful. It's it is very, very stressful. stressful yeah. But, um, but uh, uh, yeah, um, I, I think it depends on your, your temperament, um, you know, whether you can. And, of course, there's always those, those situations. It's always sad when, when there's a campaign going on and uh, the players are enjoying it yeah. and the game master isn't. And and that's um, the, then it becomes this martyr thing where it's like I am I am dying a little so that you guys can have fun every week you know and it's just it's like no you, at that point you got to just hang it up it's not fair no I agree the, the game that, masters you know? there to have fun just like everybody else yeah. it's not you know so so I want you to be grateful done are you grateful <laughs> be grateful that we and you want anything be, specific or what are we this is why about? I want you to be grateful I know you and I know you're delicate okay <laughs> hey, I am I'm I'm, and, I'm a, I'm a you're you're a, delicate, a flower. Yeah. You're like an orchid. It's a, a large, fragile. kind of hairy, okay. meaty orchid that's that's sitting in my uh my, uh, my, my, well, my We're chair always here. talking about these disgusting <laughs> but, things. But, but 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 see, this is why I think you should be grateful. You should be glad that our technology is not biologic based. <laughs> Because, you know, I mean, it's it's I mean, imagine it just let's just start the floppy disk. I mean, it would actually be floppy, wouldn't it? It would be like a kind of a fleshy square that's sort of like it's kind of got like wrinkles and there might be a nipple on it. That's oh, how the, that's how the drive reads it, you know, and it's and it's sort of warm. You know, it's kind of warm. Oh. You know, <laughs> you know and, and I mean, could you imagine in a biotech world, right? It's, everything's biologic, right? So you wake up in the morning and the first thing that happens is you don't have sheets. You have membranes. And they kind of slither off your oh. body and get retracted into the bed, right? And, there's and then mucus and then everywhere. There's mucus I would everywhere. You know, there's you some know, kind of excretion. Exactly, and- exactly. And then you know, the bed itself is 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 like spongy endometrium, oh. like the inside of a womb, and you oh. just kind of sink into it, you know. And then so you get up and then you go to the bathroom, you know. And instead of a toilet, of course, there's a, a small. Creature with a kind of a snout, and it just basically sh- shows the snout up your butt and sucks everything All right, out. no, 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 no. no, no this, this is where, <laughs> and then like uh. you know, you, you you stumble downstairs to meet the day, and and you you know you you want something to eat, and you snap your fingers, nipple, and like the ceiling extrudes a nipple, and you start sucking on the nipple, and you get the your morning breakfast. I don't want that. to live in this world. You know, and then you you know you get a call in to work because your computer has a virus. It actually has a virus, and it's like sneezing and mucus is coming out of it and everything else. And, so do
1: you like sit? Alone, home, and just think of these things. Of course, and I do. Well, don't, don't you? Well, not these things. Don't you? I think. I think of, this no, sort of nipples stuff all from the, time. the ceiling. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. Snouts
0: and things. No. Yeah. And your your car would be like this large worm that you basically you know you kind of like a cloaca you slide into and no it's inside of it and it's you know it forms to your body. But I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, I I, I am glad we have regular technology. I, I don't want I you know and 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 really in many ways. What biotech is, is the whole nanotech. I mean, that's bi- biotech is nanotech. I mean, a cell is a nanotech machine. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Okay. And then you're not talking about, oh, we're going to have nanotech and it's going to do this and that. The other thing I'm like, yeah, just don't make it gross, people, because, you know, I mean, I, I like I like nice sheets on my bed. I like a computer that's made of metal and plastic. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I bring up with these things is because I myself am disturbed and disgusted by the idea of this kind of thing, this this biotechnological. I remember I saw this um, Twilight Zone episode years ago where this guy uh, goes into cryo sleep and he he gets woken up and he sees this sort of bucolic uh, almost medieval culture around him. And he's like, he's kind of upset. He's like, oh my God, there's been no progress. And it turns out everybody is like psionic biotech. Like everything is psychic biotech. There's no more technology really. Cause all these people have like these, you know, they're doing out of body experiences and psychosurgery and they cure him by the way, he's got like cancer and they like just put their hand in his body and pull out all the tumors, you know, psych- psychic surgery. And uh, their computers were, were mutated chimpanzees with gigantic brains and like, they, the, the mutated chimpanzees would like do all their computing for their own like this is the original this, no this, this was this was the second this was, this was this second, one of yeah. like the 90s yeah. was it or, ni- or late 80s early 90s so. yeah, the, the, it was actually the, the, a pretty good show uh, and you know I'm looking at this I'm like you guys know that life finds a way right you know your, your society is going to be dead in about another maybe 100 years when the chimps finally say no 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 no, no. humans are parasites you know so uh, that, of course, segues to to one of the topics we want to talk about, which is: Are AI's all that bad? I mean, do they invariably destroy their creators?
1: Well, who who do we have that's against that that's cautioning against AI? You've got Bill Gates, yeah. You've got Elon Musk, and there's a third dude who you know. Uh, Who's against? Well, oh, oh, Bill um, Gates is against AIs. Well, I'm not saying against, but he's very worried that that we have to be super, super cautious about it. Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and um, Stephen Hawking.
0: Well, Stephen Hawking's turned into quite the curmudgeon. You know, he 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 says that we should like pray to God that aliens never find us. Because yeah. he seriously believes if they do, they're going to be like, you know, the pilgrims <laughs> and just kick the crap out of all of us and, and take everything, you know. Uh, so yeah. Well, uh, you so. know, if history has, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so,
1: uh, yeah, so th- those three guys I know that are, are upset about it or... Cautioning about cautioning, it, yeah. but you know, you weigh the the upsides against the potential downsides. The upsides are an incremental increase in knowledge and, and technology, and you know all these good things that can happen from it. And the potential downside is d- d- utter disaster.
0: Yeah, I mean, the,
1: uh, there's a horrendous. You know, the AI slaps us around, doesn't like us, yeah. kills us, gets us, there was gets a, a, us out of the way, gets the, annoyed by us,
0: whatever. There was an awful. Um, Awful, awful story. I have no mouth, but I must scream. Uh, Why do you... No, no, no. I'm not... No, broad strokes. Broad strokes. I'm not going to tell you anything. Um, Harlan Ellison wrote it. And uh, the upshot upshot of it was there were these people who were in the hands of an angry god. And the angry god was an AI that um, they didn't know it was one. And they fed it garbage code and made it do the same thing over and over and over again. And it drove it insane... And it hated humanity with a passion because basically it had been tortured for, you know, I don't know how many years. Of course, thinking at the speed of light, that's even longer, you know. Uh, and so that was like an example of like, oh, you know, we didn't even know you are an AI and we made you do, you know, something that you hated for so long. So that that AI at least had a reason to be, so to be angry. But I think that it's a coin toss because a, an entity with no emotions wouldn't take things badly because it would be like, well, I don't have emotions. I don't get angry. You know, but at the same time, it would most likely be driven by just cold hard logic, uh, which is not necessarily the best way for human beings. Um, you know.
1: Yeah, I think that yeah. even for human beings, or as, as human beings and how they treat lesser uh, creatures, right? So, uh, or just animals in, in general. Some people are very. Uh, hey, you know we're we're the the big we're at the top of the food chain we're the the big yep. dog so screw them they're here for our at our yep. at our at our pleasure yep. and other people are more like no that's not how it works you know you can't you got to be kind you got to be yep. so it's a it's a just in humanity there's a there's a 50-50 chance yep. of of how we we're going to be treating a lesser being yep. so you would imagine you would apply that same logic if we ever had an ai and how would so treat us so if you made an ai would you would you give it emotions I don't know if emotions is something that is a byproduct of of the, of the, of self awareness.
0: Actually, well, yeah, th- that might be too big a topic to get into here. But I mean, uh, I remember didn't you didn't you show me the we- years ago, when I first met you? You showed me this weird thing about the, these guys making plastic people, and uh, they, they said you know they the, they can only feel two emotions, love and pain. <laughs> I don't remember that. You never saw no. you saying that? It was some guy that screwed the life into them uh, to make them alive. They're made out of plastic. Uh, it it's actually harkens to our website pictures, the mannequins. It's uh, <laughs> just sort of a full circle kind of thing. But, but uh, yeah, there was there was an episode of uh, The Simpsons where they, they, they destroy the observatory and the robot on fire comes out and goes, Why, why was I programmed to feel pain? <laughs> so you've got to be careful what you put into these things, you know.
1: Uh, that's Rick and Morty. Uh they're at the dinner table and the robot comes up and uh on the dinner table a little small robot and Oh uh, yeah. Rick <laughs> Rick yeah. says says, uh, pass the butter. And the robot says, Why am I here? Why do I exist? You exist to pass the butter.
0: <laughs> oh God. <laughs> exactly. It's like why why was I you know there was uh, there was a great uh, uh, sentence to prism uh, by Alan Dean Foster had uh, it was was a planet of silicon based creatures and they were like a communal creature and there were creatures that like did the translating and there were creatures that did the building and there were creatures and then there were the walls they were basically just a shell with feet and when the bad creatures came they would all just line up and be a wall stop them from killing everybody (laughs)
1: Were they okay with that? They were okay with that. They, they were, were all right. Bred.
0: They were very nationalistic. They they said, this is we're all in this together. And um, Well,
1: that's like in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yeah. they go to the restaurant at the end of the universe. Yeah, the animal and that the, wants the, to the, be... The cow comes out yeah, and introduces yeah. themselves. I've,
0: I've been false feeding myself for the past three months. <laughs> he's got like yeah. something in his mouth yeah. as he's talking. Well,
1: the that. the theory being that you know. if they bred a cow that wanted to be eaten, it would right. be less problematic for humans yeah, exactly to, to they eat gotta, them. He yeah.
0: goes, I don't want to eat that. That's, that's terrible. He goes, what, as opposed to an animal that doesn't want to be eaten? You know, it's like... Thank you for
1: listening to the Pretend to Imagine podcast. Uh, Today we learned about time travel and what it means for uh, various television shows and movies. Usually death. Basically death. Uh, Death of the show. Uh, And then we learned about uh, various types of intelligence.
0: Yes, which which I'm short on maybe seven (laughs) of the eight different types, but uh, I'm verbal, so yeah. And of course, fantasy role-playing tropes. So uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, uh, the podcast. And happy pretending. This has been another episode of Pretend to Imagine. For questions or comments, please email us at podcast at pretendtoimagine dot com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Pretend to Imagine, and visit our website as you've probably guessed at pretendtoimagine.com. dot com. Web designed by Small Hall Studios. Produced by Tyler Smith and Greg Fisher. If you can, please give us five stars to get the word out about our podcast. Thanks and happy pretending.